0: Uh, you know, Bob and I grew up about maybe 20 minutes from each other. We grew up Philadelphia Eagles fans, so I want you to give Bob a great hand as he comes. <laughs> oh. oh, by the way, one, some other thing. I, I'm a little weary from the conference, I'll be honest with you. Anyway, uh, I want to just say this is Janet Hung over here. Would you give her a great hand? <laughs> She is a professional artist from uh, Los Angeles. She's part of Sean Bolsa's church, actually. She's been here at our conferences. And make sure you check out her table. She's got some incredible artwork there uh, that really will bless you. And, uh, you know, uh, also, I just want to mention, too, we want to be able to bless Bob. And so there are buckets in the back. So anything that goes in that, make your checks out to, to The Rock and, uh, and we just really want to be able to bless Bob. Also, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, you know how the mantle was passed on uh, from Elijah to Elisha? And, uh, and Bob, through, the, through the, you know every football game, we'll be texting each other when the Broncos are playing. And so he's become a Bronco fan. Now, I don't think it's... <laughs> Notice he's got Bronco blue on today. And so, anyway, I just wanted to say that... Uh, I don't know if it's a full conversion, but he's really slowly converting uh, to to being a Bronco fan from an Eagle fan, which really isn't that hard. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so uh, so I want to bless him today. Uh, just by he can't have this, but he can have it. During, no, just for the for the for the Super Bowl, he can though. So anyway, uh, yeah, for the Super Bowl, you got to so send, send it. it back to you got to send it back. Right. But I'm gonna let him to uh, turn around, okay? <laughs> I'm okay. gonna do it again way? Anyway? I'm
1: gonna I'm wear it. Come on. It's too hot, would you? Oh, come on. It needs, it needs some anointing on it. It's a little, I can sense that it's a little diminished. So. I'll wear it. If I get too hot, I'll take it off. I'm too hot already. I'll take it off. I will, I will wear it. I will wear it. They are my AFC team, 100%. And we'll, we'll see. If, we'll see who the Eagles, how the Eagles do, and then we'll see. I, I still need a reason to mourn. The Bible says, rejoice with those who re- rejoice. That's the Bronco fans, and mourn with those who mourn. (laughs) So, um, wow, so great to be here this weekend. My wife, Kim, is here with me for the first time. And, uh, yeah, just wanted to bring her here and meet you guys. I've always talked about how special you guys are, and this city is to us. And so I'm glad she get to share this with me. I think my kids are watching online streaming. Hi, April and Abby. Can you just wave? Where's your live streaming camera? In the box, on the, on the, can you see that box there on the, on the just turn around a little bit, wave to that box. Hi, April and Abby, love you. See you in a few hours, be good, all right. And um, I, I said, we just got this text testimony just during worship um, of, from the Roar Conference. My wife's cousin drove four hours to be here with her two daughters over the past, and she uh, has MS, she was diagnosed with MS, an MS lesion on her cerebellum, which I can read that. I'm smart enough to read it. I don't know what it means, but it's not good. And for over a year, she's been taking a very strong medicine to manage uh, the symptoms. But this particular medicine, she says, has a very, it's a, it's a beast of a drug to withdraw from. Basically, she said people who withdraw from it take months and has to be stepped down. And so she's got these terrible MS symptoms, plus she's on this this drug and she said Wednesday night while she was still home she forgot to take it woke up Thursday morning just totally just flat out because she didn't take the drug just uh, she tells the symptoms of whatever it was debilitating symptoms uh, headaches she just wasn't herself and so and the symptoms of the MS returned and so she took it Thursday morning before she came and she did fine. It took, completely helped her. Well, she goes on to write during the ROAR conference. For some reason, the schedule, she was busy. She forgot to take it Thursday night. She forgot to take it until Friday. She says, Friday, uh, when I went to bed, I realized I hadn't taken my uh, medicine for almost two days now. And, but I felt so good that I just decided, I'm just not going to take it. So she woke up Saturday morning com- feeling completely fine feeling good, so she didn't take it again. And this morning she woke up feeling completely fine and all the symptoms of MS are completely gone from her body, isn't that cool? That's amazing. So she says, all the symptoms are gone, no withdrawal symptoms from the medicine, praise God, glory to God, and we say, yeah, God, amen? So, so cool, just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, I have a really good word for you this morning I wanna share with you. I believe that we're in a time, and I'm actually really excited about this message. I've, been, I've had it for a couple days, been wanting to share it with you guys. I've been so excited about uh, what I have to tell you because I believe you're moving into a time of the now favor of God. The now favor of God. Or sometimes in prophetic ministry, to be honest with you, I joke with my friends a lot of my friends, they just specialize in healing and miracles and, and they, you know, they, and I love that. And I pray for healing and miracles and I love to see them because, when you pray for someone to be healed, you either see it or you don't, and then you pray again, you see it or you don't. When you give someone a prophetic word, you don't always see anything happen. And it's it's kind of like the difference between a doctor or you know giving birth to a child and healing ministry. I say it's like giving birth to a child. The baby comes out, you say it's a boy, it's cute. Let's put a ribbon on it, you know. Let's put a, let's give it clothes, let's give it blue booties, whatever it is. But prophetic ministry is more like raising teenagers. <laughs> You'll understand when I say this, you tell them everything you know, give them all your wisdom, all your revelation. They stand and they look at you like you're an idiot. (laughs) And then two years later, they come back and say, you're a complete genius. Everything you said was right. It changed my life. I'm like, yeah, but I was an idiot for two. So you're really a false prophet for two two years and then you're a real prophet, right? I actually had that happen. I wanna show you a couple pictures. In a couple weeks, I'm going to South Africa. It'll be my third trip there, my third year in a row, at the same conference in the same region. And something happened last year where I'm there. I'm really excited about going back this year to hear testimonies because I showed up at this, this conference in this church that I was there the year before. And the pastor met me with, with me and, and he said, you gotta, you gotta hear what happened the last time that you were here at our church. And he brought this girl and uh, he, he said, tell him your story. And this girl uh, was a 16 or 17 years old in high school two years ago when I went there and I called her and had her stand up and I said, I see you in school and I see you studying medicine and I see God making you a doctor and I see you delivering babies. And you're gonna, when those babies come out, you're gonna prophesy over them and you're gonna give them their destiny. Your voice is gonna be the first voice they hear in the, on the earth and it's gonna be the voice of God through you. Oh, I mean, that's a big word for a, a 16, 17 year old girl in high school. Well what I didn't know is that that time when I had her stand up that week in her high school in their culture you have to actually ch- choose your university major while you're still in high school which <laughs> in America you don't even have to choose your university major until I mean, you don't even know what it is after you graduate. (laughs) You're (laughs) undeclared, like you're a success, you're undeclared. So (laughs) these guys have to decide their destiny, you know? So she was just really wrestling with it and and she loved medicine, but she didn't think that she had the the sort of the academic chops to do it. And so that's one of the things I said, you're smart and you can do medicine. So there was a few other things attached to the word. So she decided that week she was gonna sign up for um, the medical, you know, preparation to go to medical school, which would take her another, I think, two years of high school, and then, of course, four years of college, and then your, you know, other medical school and residency. So you're talking 10 years before she would ever see this prof- prophetic word come to pass, which is prophecy is kind of like, another analogy would be, it's, it's like, um, you know, interest that accrues. It's, it's, you put it in the bank, but, you know, you just put a little bit every month and compound interest, eventually it'll pay off. So I'm going to give you a prophetic word. And, you know, by the time you're 70, you'll be able to enjoy the fruits of it. <laughs> That's pretty much like life insurance. <laughs> whenever, whenever they sell to you, I remember when we, we got our, our first youth pastor position and we were paying rent for $450 a month. And we, we only could afford 400 but we scraped together another 50 And then an insurance guy from our church said, you really need to start this, you know, insurance program. So if you invest $200 a month, you'll, when you're 70, you'll be able to retire and you'll be really comfortable. And I'm like, dude, I I just, I don't, I want to be comfortable now. (laughs) Because when you're 21, you just want to be comfortable. You're not thinking about it later, right? And so prophecy is kind of like that. We think God gives us a promise and it takes all this time to come to pass. But actually that's not really true because sometimes God is looking for us to step into what he says is true about us. And when we step into it, it actually becomes true. So this young lady stepped into it. She believed it, and she stepped into it. What happened next was cool. A month before I came back last year, she um, was home with her sister. Her sister was pregnant and went into labor at home. The only person there to deliver the baby, they called the ambulance, but the baby was coming. The baby was like, ready or not, here I come. She delivers the sister's baby, which... She only had high school biology and pre-medicine or whatever she did. But I guess if it's coming, it's coming. You just got to put the right gloves on catch, I guess, <laughs> as long as you can watch everything that's going on. But let's go away from that subject for a moment because <laughs> I'm a seer and sometimes I, I don't want to see stuff like that. <laughs> so she delivers the baby. The ambulance shows up. They take the, the sister out on the, you know, to the ambulance. And she says, wait a second. That guy said, I'm supposed to prophesy over babies when I deliver them. And she prays over her newborn nephew or niece, the first voice that child hears. And she fulfills the prophecy that would have taken 10 years. God fulfills it in less than a year. Isn't that cool? That's the season I believe that you're in. You've been in a time where things that God promised have taken a long time. But God's about to accelerate things where really it says, and this is an Old Testament scripture, but it's true that while you are still speaking, I will hear. And before you ask, I will answer you. God's gonna start to answer prayers that you, start to, that you just think. God's gonna start to answer prayers that you just wish for. I remember, <clears throat> it was several years ago, I was... Um, uh, I was sitting by the ocean, I'm about five miles or so from the ocean. So I would I would go there for my quiet time. I'd drive my car and I'd sit by the Long Island sound there in Connecticut and I would talk to God. And I remember <clears throat> watching the boats go out in the morning, some sailboats and small boats. And and I thought about Jesus, how Jesus always had his quiet time out, you know, on the water, even this storm. He'd just fall asleep, have his quiet time. The disciples are freaking out, you know, and he would go out on the water just walking He didn't even need a boat, he would just go out on the water, have his quiet time. And it seemed every time Jesus went out on the water, he had a quiet time. His disciples were freaking out, you know, so they see him walking on the water just having his quiet time and and they're screaming like a bunch of teenagers at a Justin Bieber concert because (laughs) they think he looks like a ghost. So Jesus had this quiet time on the water. I said, you know, I'd like to have a boat. I didn't even, I didn't pray it. I just, in my head I thought, wouldn't it be cool to have a boat, to have quiet time on the water with Jesus? So the next week I was doing a conference uh, in Massachusetts and at the end of, the, of one of the meetings this guy comes up to me and goes have you been praying for a boat? and I literally had I said no and I said oh my goodness I thought it would be cool like last week I thought it would be cool to have a boat he goes that's weird he goes because I have a 15 a foot uh, bass boat in my garage and God told me that I should give it to you I'm like okay <laughs> And do you know, I I could say this now because the guy's not here, I took it out twice in a year and I found out, you know, the the best two days of boat ownership is the day you get it and the day you sell it. And so, (laughs) thankfully that helped us, we sold it and and it was a down payment for us to, to get a house in the town we wanted to live in. But it's just so strange that God would hear a thought of something I thought I might want for a moment. He maybe knew I needed it for something else. And for me, I would hear a story like that and say, well, that doesn't sound like God because that's wasteful. You didn't even need the boat. And then you sold it. You used it for something else. And I'm like, well, that, that's exactly what God does. A little boy brings his lunch and he is supposed to eat it, but then he, he gives it to a disciple and then they just start ripping it up and throwing it in baskets. And all of a sudden it's feeding everybody. And it's used for a different purpose. It just seems the way that God works. And if you look at Isaiah um, chapter 49, I just want to share with you a couple things that I see for you guys right now that you're moving into a now favor of God everybody say now you know there's sometimes when it takes a long time for for favor to come but I really believe you're moving into a season where favor is coming immediately and this is actually a story of Isaiah the prophet it's actually his personal story to be honest with you Uh, he has this amazing promise from God that he's gonna prophesy to nations he's uh, he's gonna he has this amazing promise Promise from God that from his mother's womb, he was called, that he was gonna be a voice for God, that, that lands and islands and nations were gonna hear him. And he's going through this frustrating time and he's literally having his quiet time with God. And he's kind of meditating before the Lord, which sometimes I call that complaining. He's telling the Lord, hey, look, you said you're gonna do this and you're not doing it. You said that I would be a voice for you and, and you're not doing it. And he uses this analogy of an arrow. And in in verse number two of Isaiah 49, he said, you made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of your hand, you hid me. You made me into a polished arrow and you concealed me in your quiver. You said to me, you are my servant Israel in whom I will display splendor, but I have labored in vain and spent my strength for nothing at all. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand and my reward is with God. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, God, you made me this great promise and you said that you would make my words sharp, like the point of an arrow. You were gonna make me precise and sharp. And then what you did is you polished me. You didn't just give me a promise, but you prepared me for the promise. You polished me. You made me shiny. You made me ready. You made me prepared. And then what you did is you hit me. Now, why would you sharpen your arrow, polish your arrow, and then put it away and hide it? He said, you've hidden me in the quiver. You said you would display me, but what happened is, I feel like I've spent my strength in vain. This is a perfect example of how the promises of God work. When God speaks, his word sharpens us. It's, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides between soul and spirit. When God speaks, he doesn't just give us a promise, but it prepares us, it, it makes us ready because he's not just trying to give us a promise, he's trying to make us into something. When he said to Abraham, I'm gonna make you the father of many nations, he wasn't just trying to give him nations, he was trying to make him a father. And when he was prepared to be the father of one, he could then become father of nations. You can't be a father of nations if you haven't fathered one. It's a, it's a principle that goes with everything. And so he wants us to be faithful with the little because he wants to give us much. And many times we feel like God has polished us and he's sharpened us and then he's hidden us. And there's a frustration in that. Even this is really a prophetic um, analogy with what's happened this weekend because you know we had planned to come uh, back in uh, June we had planned to come for another reason to to this weekend to come to this uh, to this church there was another event that I was working on and that event got canceled and I said hey we were we're not going to do this event but there's this idea I have we could can either cancel this you know meeting for the weekend I can just come and bless you guys and hang out with you guys and Sunday minister to the church or I really feel like the Lord has called us to release this new conference for a new season. It's something new. And, and Pastor JR and Pastor Mike said, let's go for it. And you know what? Your team came around. And it, it reminded me of this is that, you know when you're a kid, sometimes your parents buy you clothes for the new season and they're just a little bit big for you because they want you to grow into them. I felt like that's exactly what the Lord has done for us where he's given us our clothes for a new season and we're growing into it and he's happy to watch you grow into it. And the time you feel like you're actually being hidden somewhere, you're actually being prepared. The time you feel like, man, I'm just getting dull and tired. My strength is being spent in vain. No, you're getting sharper. You're getting more ready. You're getting more precise. You're getting ready for your new season. And so Isaiah, he's sort of slash uh, complaining, reminding God of his promises, which I think it's good to remind God of your promises. And most of the time you're reminding God, you're reminding yourself. Because when you're complaining, you're actually reminding God of what he hasn't done. But when you're reminding yourself, you're reminding yourself of what God said he is going to do. And when you remind God of it, he actually positions you to receive what he wants to do so instead of the girl saying well no one's ever you know no one's ever had a baby around me I've never had the opportunity to do this she said I'm going to prepare myself for it if it takes 10 years for this to come to pass I'm going to prepare myself for it and I believe that some of you thought things were going to happen 10 years ago that are going to happen in the next 10 days because God's about to take the arrows out that have been polished the arrows out that have been sharpened and he says my reward is with me it's in your hand and the reward is for God, it's not just God's reward for you. He said, your reward is with me. It's in my hand. What is it? It's the arrow he pulls out. The reward is the fact that you're prepared now. The reward is the fact that now you're ready to be put into his hand. And so he says, Isaiah says, yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand. What's due you? Everything that Jesus paid for. The promises of God. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand. My reward is with God. What's the reward? That God's about to pick you up and he's about to release you into what he's called to do. And Isaiah continues with this beautiful passage because he goes on in this passage to talk about what God's about to do. And this is what it says in verse number eight. If you, this is kind of the end of the story. This is what the Lord says, in the time of my favor Isaiah 49 in the time of my favor everybody say in the time of my favor I will answer you in the day of salvation I will help you and I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people why here's the target first of all what I just said is the arrow these three words is in the time of my favor I will answer you the word answer is actually to put something to your eye, to draw attention to it and to put it to your eye. And that's the first step when you, what, so the archery language is actually continued through this prophetic word. From Isaiah's preparation, from his being polished, from his being pointed, to his being hidden in the quiver, his, his reward is in the Lord's hand. And he says, in the time of my favor I'll answer, it means I'll put my eye towards you. That's the first step when God's, when you're about to release an arrow is to aim it, to put it toward your eye. Then it says, I will help you. That word help literally means to be held in place. You'll be steadfast, you won't be shaken. You won't be shaken no matter what comes against you. If a wind comes, he's holding you steadfast and he still has his eye on the target. And then the last thing he says, in the day of salvation, I will help you and I will keep you and make you. That word make you is literally literally the word release. What is he saying? I've been an arrow it has been polished and pointed, but I've been sitting in this quiver hidden, but God's saying, no, you haven't. You've been being prepared. Now in the time of my favor, my reward is with you. It's in your hand. I'm in his hand. I'm the arrow. I'm ready to fly. I'm ready to hit the target. I'm ready to be, to shine and glisten through the air as he shoots me. And where is he shooting me? He's shooting me. This is the target. I will make you to be a covenant for the people to restore the land. Why did he point you? Why did he sharpen you? Why did he polish you? Why did he put you in his hand? Why did he put you to his eye and aim you? Why did he pull you back and hold you? By the way, the place of the hold, the place of the hold before you shoot the arrow is actually the place of greatest tension. It's the place where you feel like it's about to break. It's a place where you feel like, I'm actually going backwards here. What's going on? Well, you've got to go back here to get the tension. And when you get back here, you're closest to his eye. The place of your greatest tension in your promise is the place where God sees the target, the clearest. And it's the place that creates the momentum for the release. And I will make you to be a covenant for the people, to restore the land, to reassign desolate inheritances and to say to captives, come out. Those in darkness, be free. That little girl, I showed you her picture. I didn't tell you the first half of the word. It was actually a word of knowledge. When she stood up, I said, I see you writing in your journal. And I see you writing, dear diary, I miss my father. And her mother was sitting next to her and she began weeping because the father had left at an early age. And he said to her, I see you turning the page and I see you're writing a new page, dear daughter. And now the father is gonna to start to write to you, his promises to you. And you're gonna turn the page in your journal and it's not just gonna be you writing to God about what you don't have. It's gonna be God writing to you about what he wants to give you. I will make you to be a covenant for the people to restore And then God sees that you have a great academic gift and he is gonna use you to be a doctor and to deliver babies, to reassign desolate inheritances. And when those babies come out, you're gonna prophesy their destiny over them. And the first voice they're gonna hear is the voice of God and say to the captives, come out. Well, that's a good way to deliver a baby, come out. (laughs) That's what moms say, get this thing out of me. Be free. I want to tell you that some of you have been living on the compound interest of your prophetic promises, but God's about to make it an IPO, let's say. (laughs) Because you can make a lot more money on IPO than through compound interest. When a a stock comes and it's initially offered, do you know that when um, Facebook went to its public offering in stock, that the people who did mural artwork in the office building for stock options rather than pay became millionaires overnight. Some people have just been painting in the background thinking there's no reward for this, where's my reward? It's with me, it's in my hand. Some of you have been serving and feeling like you haven't received your reward, but here's what God says, in the time of my favor, I will answer you. In the day of salvation, I will hold you, I will help you, I will aim you, and I will make you, release you to be a covenant for the people. I believe that there are things that have been held up in the spirit, things that have been delayed in the spirit that are gonna be released this week. I believe it with all my heart. Even this, this testimony of this prophetic word of MS, that's been a debilitating disease for years, that's broken in a moment, that God can break MS in this place today, Amen. that God can destroy brain lesions today, that God can release healing today, but also God is releasing his promises over you. I wanna show you a second picture. This, actually at the same conference and it happened actually at the same time. These family, this family met me the very next night last year, and they, the pastor said, I gotta tell you what happened. He said, after you talked to that little girl, he said, you called this family out and you said, for seven years, you've been trying to have a child, but you haven't been able to have a child. But God says, don't give up because your promise is on the way. And what happened was when I came back last year, they presented me with this baby that that they had as a result of God's promises. They had tried everything. They had tried fertility specialists. They had just given up and they thought they would never have a child. She was pregnant within that year they delivered that baby and we were able to to, uh, actually she was pregnant very soon after that they delivered the baby and we dedicated the baby the best part of the word is if you look behind the man behind the two people behind him the one over there they're all family members of their family that were unsaved that didn't know Christ came to church because the promise that God promised them came to pass and they gave their life to Jesus Christ because of someone else's promise. Isn't that awesome? I literally believe there's that kind of grace today that promises from God that have been delayed are gonna be released, maybe seven years. And promises from God that would take seven to 10 years to accomplish can be done now. Why? Because now is the time of my favor. Today is the day of salvation i gonna just point out one more thing and then we're going to to pray for some people. This is is an old covenant scripture, but Paul uh, reiterates it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He actually says, you've heard it said that in the day of salvation I will help you, in the time of my favor I will answer you. But I tell you, now is the time of my favor, today is the day of salvation. So he flips it from future to present, the same scripture but you have to read the context of it and the context of it is 2 Corinthians chapter five flows right into this scripture at the beginning of 2 Corinthians chapter six and the context of it is the same context. It actually is talking about the ministry of reconciliation, how you have become new creation in Christ all the old things have passed away and everything has become new. And now you become an ambassador for God from the new new to the old, and you've been given what's called the ministry of reconciliation because you've been reconciled to God through Christ. That word reconciled means it adds up. The line items add up. It's the same way as if you took this compound interest and you saw the balance sheet and you said, wow, it came to what it said it would. It's the same thing as if you invested in the stock and when it went public, you saw, boom, here's what it said it would be. You have been reconciled. You add up. Your balance sheet of your life adds up to what Christ looks like because of Christ's death. You're no longer a sinner. You're righteous. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're reconciled to him. And because of that, because your balance sheet adds up, you can now become a minister of reconciliation telling the world that God is reconciling the world. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 5. He is reconciling the world to him. That means he's not just reconciling you. He's reconciling the schools. He's reconciling the government. He's reconciling cities. He's reconciling Castle Rock. So when you come into your time of favor, you change your city, and your city starts to look like what God intends. We talked about it this week. This is how we started our conference on Thursday in the the leadership room, and I'm not gonna tell the whole story because the story's not finished, but incredible what God spoke of what the church is gonna do next, and it's not just that the church is gonna grow, but that the church is gonna start to touch the city. And you're gonna restore the land. You're gonna reassign desolate inheritances. You're gonna say to the captives, come out and be free. It's a reconciled Castle Rock. And when that happens, you become ambassadors, it says in 2 Corinthians 5, ambassadors of reconciliation. So you go into the mayor's office and say, we want to make this city look like Jesus wants it to look like. You go into businesses and pray for them and say, we want to pray for you so that your business looks like Jesus wants it to look like. There's a children's pastor in another church in Denver that I worked in years ago, and she asked, wanted to grow in the prophetic. How do I grow in the prophetic? I said, here's how you can grow in the prophetic. Go to businesses and start giving them prophetic words, not asking them for anything in return. Just start taking your, um, your children in and blessing those businesses. She's done that for five years. She gets calls from businesses in Denver. Can you pray for us? Can you bring your team to pray for us? Children get words of knowledge is for the business. What's this? This is reconciling the world to him. That's 2 Corinthians 5. And so then Paul starts 2 Corinthians 6 with this. You've heard it said, in the time of favor, I'll answer you. In the day of salvation, I'll help you. Someday your life will look like what God said. Someday you'll be a doctor. Someday you'll deliver babies. Someday you'll be healed. Someday you'll have a promise. But I tell you, today is the day of salvation. Now is the time of my favor. See, what I saw in the Spirit today is God just reaching down into places where you've been hidden, picking you out, and you're not dusty, you're not dirty, you're not weak, you're shiny, you're polished, you're pointed, you're getting ready to be aimed, to be held, to be released, because now is the time for favor. Amen. 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 If you're here, uh, particularly if you're here, you struggle with anything that's related to neurological things, MS, uh, anything that's neurological that affects your uh, nerves or immune system or anything like that, I don't even know how to describe it because I'm not a doctor. If that's you, I need you to stand to your feet. If you have any of that issue that's neurological, particularly MS, we're gonna go after it. The second thing is any barrenness. Uh, any inability to conceive, uh, any uh, any inability or, or problems in the reproductive systems, just stand to your feet. Uh, also, I believe that today God wants to heal, uh, even just an, in, uh, even areas of your life where there's been failed investments, investments that didn't come to pass. Uh, promises that didn't come to pass I believe that the Lord is here to touch that if that's you just stand to your feet I feel like the Lord is doing something in the area of locked up promises today so uh, father right now in Jesus name for those that are standing we just declare now everybody say now. now we declare now is the time of your favor Lord I just call in right now as promises of God, we break MS. We break any neurological problems. We speak right now, Alzheimer's, you've got to go right now. Even pre-dementia, you have no place in Jesus' name. I speak right now to bipolar disorder. I speak right now to any anxiety disorder lodged in the brain, any memory problems, any, anybody with uh, PTSD right now in Jesus' name. And if there's anything new I'm at, and just stand to your feet and receive it. Right now in Jesus' name, God, I thank you. I thank you they feel like they've spent their strength in vain but I say now is the time of favor. Everybody say now. Now. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. God, I pray for families that are praying to conceive. I pray for families that haven't been able to give birth to children. God, we declare right now, now is the time of your favor. Say now. God, we thank you that it's your desire to make their quiver full. (laughs) We thank you that it's your desire to to release them. And God, I thank you in Jesus' name, Lord, that there's healing in reproductive systems, there's healing in bodies, there's healing in marriages, in Jesus' name. And God, we just declare right now, even over the area of failed investments, even compound interest that hasn't paid back what it's supposed to be expected, got IPOs that failed, promises that failed. We just declare right now, now is the time of your favor. Everybody say, now. now, now is the time of your favor. Today is the day of salvation, God. And God, I thank you that you are releasing a second Corinthians five and 2 Corinthians six grace on this church and Isaiah 49 fulfillment you are going to be a covenant for the people to restore the land to reassign desolate inheritances to say to captives come out to those in darkness be free and God I even speak right now over any injustice or legal injustice system of the earth that the justice system of heaven would trumpet in Jesus name and we just say right now God know that the judge and father and the advocate and son and the counselor and holy spirit is convening the court of heaven in the favor of your people and they are putting down the gavel and saying now is the time of my favor and god we just declare over your people and everyone just stand with me to your feet and say with me now now, now is the time of favor and say today today, today is the day of salvation I want you just to pray right now for family members for the next couple minutes. I believe there's a grace for family members that come to Christ. God, we just declare today is the day of salvation. We declare today is a day when people whose eyes have been blinded are gonna become open. We pray today is a day in this city where blinders are gonna be removed. God, we thank you. We thank you for the homeless coming to Christ and being restored back to the Father's heart and being lifted up in, 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 uh, in job situations and job training. We thank you, Father, for the business people and the governing officials of this city to come to the Father, to, be, to come to salvation. We say today is the day of salvation now is the time of your favor God in Jesus name in Jesus name just for a moment everybody keep your eyes closed and your head bound and I'm aware that there might be someone here even though it's the early service maybe you came and maybe you feel like you spent your strength in vain maybe even your spiritual walk has gotten weak because of delays in your life or or people have done things that have hurt you I want to tell you today there's nothing that you can do that can take you out of his hand. You're hidden, but you're also in his hand and you're his reward. And if you're here today and you need to come back to realizing you're in the Father's hand, you need to come back to Jesus or you need to give your life to Jesus, this is a perfect moment to do it. And if you'd say today, Today is the day for me to come home to Jesus. Today is the day for me to acknowledge that the Father is holding me and I want everything that God's promised for me. As no one's looking around, if you wanna give your life to Jesus for the first time or give it back to him today, just slip up your hand. We're just gonna pray for you. We're not gonna call you out or anything. Just wanna pray for you. Thank you, sir, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you, young man. Thank you, young man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Today is your day. (laughs) Thank you, ma'am, in the back too. Thank you, Father. Come on, let's just pray with these folks. So, You that raise your hand, pray this out loud, and please, everyone, pray this with me. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus. thank you for dying for me. Thank you for taking my sin. Thank you, thank you for, making for making all the old things new and the dead things alive. Dead things alive. I, believe you're alive. I believe you're alive, and you live, you live in me. Now help me to live for you. In Jesus, In Jesus' name. Amen. Give God a shout. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. It just, uh, at our table, we have a few resources. My new book, Think Like Heaven, is back there. Um, my first book, The Roar. Our prophetic schools are back there and our, our whole prophetic library. Help yourself. Uh, we also have some cigarettes up here, if, if you like. Yeah. JR's gonna tell you about those. and Yeah. Before I do
0: that, I just wanna tell you, um, Two things, you know, uh, when my, my father, when I we received an inheritance from my father, it got robbed, and so when he said stand up, I thought, man, I've never stood up for that because it was robbed basically through a scam, and uh, and so <laughs> we stood up for that, and the Lord began to speak to me. He said, if you've been robbed. And this, you know, Robbie Dawkins shared a principle. I don't think it was in the conference. I think he was just talking at lunch or something. And he shared a principle. He said, when somebody in our family gets sick, we don't even pray for that person. We go out and, into the highways and byways and get three people healed. And he said, then that person in the family always gets healed. And in the same way, you know, if you've been robbed, as you're obedient to the Spirit of God to give... God blesses you back. So here's what the Lord said. He said, you can't give this to Bob for the weekend and then take it back. You need to give it to him. You need to give it to him permanently. First of all, I said, Satan, I rebuke you, but then I actually realized it was God. So, uh, anyway, I love this brother, and so it's a joy to be able to give him this jacket and to know that this will be a full, full conversion yes. to being a Bronco fan. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, let's give Jesus another hand. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I do need cute. to get my cell phone out there. I'm going to do it again in the <laughs> Anyway, I want to call the ministry teams up now. The ministry teams will come. But I want to encourage you to give. You know, if, if you need healing, start praying for other people for healing. If you have been robbed financially, start giving as the Lord directs. You know, not just helter-skelder, but just give as the Lord directs. Amen? Anyway, I love you so much. And uh, God bless you. And usually I say go Broncos, but we'll wait till next week to say that. Anyway, God bless you. Have a great, great week, and we'll see you.